The Sixers want to build a waterfront arena at Penn's Landing. The Trump administration bans evictions through 2020. And Joseph McClendon III of Tom Ferry Summit fame brings it all home next on Tool Time. I'm Tom Tool. She is Jess Lyon. We are back on Tool Time. Very excited to be in the office here. Obviously, social distance. Don't worry. We're safe. A lot going on. Non-coronavirus news, which is very exciting, sort of. So the uh, news came out this week, and I found this really interesting, that the Sixers want to build a waterfront arena at Penn's Landing. And right now, they're tenants in the Wells Fargo Center, which is a big driver for that. And if you know their owners, they are definitely business people. They look at you know, assets and ROI and balance sheets and all that sort of stuff. What do you think about all this? So I live very close to Penn's Landing. I run by there all the time. And I think that this would be wonderful to put there. Yes, you're getting rid of the skating arena and they do the winter fest and the summer fest. And, but Penn's Landing is dead right now. I mean, it's hard. What are those condos right down the... There's condos. I call them the boathouse condos. Right there. The dockside? The dockside condos, yes. Um, And while it would be, like, such a great idea to live there, I feel like there's nothing really along that strip that would make you want to. There needs to be restaurants. There needs to be shops. If you want to do any of that, you have to go into Old City, which is, like, you can walk there, but it's a little bit of a farther walk. So I think they need to revitalize all along Penn's Landing, and this would be a really cool step to do so. Philadelphia has some of the worst waterfront property in the country. And what I mean is that it's not developed. They just got Delaware Ave there. They have those places up in Waterfront Square by the casino. And to me, casinos aren't going to always attract the right kind of people. I don't want to live by a casino. Well, they have a lot of problems up there, too. I mean, when that, that opened, there was people, like, following Winner's Home and robbing them. I mean, it's, it, oh, it, 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 it attracts a certain kind of clientele, right? Yeah. Um, and it's not like some high-rolling casino. It's called Rivers now. It used to be called, what, the Sugar House? I mean, it's super it small. Like, yeah. Um, so it's, it's not very large. And if you look at the map, which uh, was on Philly.com, so they're going to have a parking lot right in front of the dockside, and then about, like, two or three city blocks up, they're going to have a two mid-rise apartment, two mid-rise apartment towers with retailer restaurants. So think, like, the Piazza, mm-hmm. right, which was another thing that, that, that really developed. Love it. And, um, there, and then up the street, there's going to be another parking lot. They're going to um, they're going to put another apartments in right next to the arena. The arena is going to be um, kind of where the Seaport Museum is right now. And then uh, they're going to have uh, um, uh, they, they, and then they're going to have the arena is going to be 19,000 people, which is what you need for a basketball arena. That's all fine. Yeah. So to me, this it would make a lot of sense because it's going to create jobs. Mm-hmm. It's going to actually bring more business to a retail area in Old City that is hurting right now. So if you look at, like, kind of what's going on, like, Old City's great. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff there. But once you get to 2nd Street, it's all over. Like, Mm -hmm. you have those couple of places, like, between 2nd and Front. And then after that, it's pretty dead. And then, like, you have 95 there. You have Delaware Avenue. It just doesn't doesn't feel like a city when you're there. And your point about the dockside is a good one. I've sold a number of those condos there. Mm -hmm. And... Really cool, great views, but there's nothing to do there. Like exactly. I mean, I mean, you have to walk across the street, and, it, and it's like it's like a full like two city blocks to get across like 95 and, and Delaware Ave. So it does. In, in my view, this is something one that is going to be important for the city to bring more business in, especially like 
post-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Now, this is, I mean, this ain't happening anytime soon either. Um, when second, is there like a timeline on this? Well, they got to get this approved. I mean, I, I, I let's see. I don't. I mean, they're gonna have to get like zoning approval. Right, right. I see this like five to six years out at best. Uh, the point is, this also, like the, the South Philadelphia sports complex, yeah. is not that exciting. No, Eagles. I get it because you have so many people coming in tailgating. That's very different. I know years ago they were trying to build the Philly Stadium at Broad and Spring Garden. Ended up going down there, um, and. You know, Wells Fargo, they just they just rehabbed the whole place, so I don't see the Flyers moving. The Sixers are tenants there. Mm-hmm. And Josh Harris, who owns the Sixers, he is a billionaire. He looks at revenue. He mm-hmm. looks at business. What can he do? What's going to work for him? And he buys franchises because he also owns the New Jersey Devils at an undervalued number. So he's turning it into a profitable franchise. I think he bought the Sixers for like $300 million or something. Mm-hmm. That's a billion-dollar company right now. So this is only going to enhance it. And then you got some real estate backing it up instead of just the sports franchise without a home. So to me, this makes sense for him. I love it for the city. And the Philadelphia waterfront, it just stinks. It's, it's not it's like... I Literally, mean, it stinks. It, it, <laughs> well, you got that going a little bit, but it's just not something that is attracting a lot of people. It's and you have not. two rivers. There's nothing on the Schuylkill either. Yeah. So They're I, developing along there, though, now, too. So... This would just make it so much better. And I agree with what you're saying about down at the like sports complex area. Everything is either in the arenas, like in Lincoln Financial Field, like if you want to get any kind of food or Xfinity. But once you're out, like you're walking forever before you even get to something. Maybe like Chickies and Pete's is kind of close by, but like there's nothing yeah, really like over there. Yeah, like a 15-minute walk close yeah, by. Yeah, so I think that moving this, since it is smaller to this area, is just going to be completely amazing. And out of all the sporting events, in my view, the best thing to go to is an NBA basketball game. It's fun. The games are short. You're not there for like four or five hours. Well, I mean, maybe in like 2025 you can go yeah. uh, when, <laughs> when, whenever this opens up. But it, it's short. It's fun. It's exciting. They're the yeah. best athletes. And, you know, to me, it's kind of a big event. So I, I really love that about it. So I'm, I'm excited. I would love to see this happen. It'd me be good too. for the city, good yeah. for the Sixers. Be good for the ownership, which I don't think anyone really cares about. But I want to see a winner, and hopefully, they make a ton of money and can get all the get all the right players on the team because this year did not go well. Yeah. All right. All right. We agree. Victory in itself. So next, this is pretty interesting. So uh, Donald Trump, the the administration has issued a nationwide eviction ban through 2020, and uh, you know th- this is a big deal right now because I mean, there's people that are struggling to pay rent that aren't working. There's also people that are paying mortgages on these properties they're renting. So what do you think about all this? So at first, I'm like, well, that's great because people are struggling. But at the same time, like, these are people's properties. And if they're not getting their rents coming in, like, how are they going to afford to pay the mortgage? And so it's just like a a double-edged sword here. But I was reading through the article, and... It was saying people struggling to pay rent due to coronavirus will not have to worry about being evicted, but they will still have to abide by the terms of their lease, pay rent. Like, you'll have to figure out something with your landlord. There can be fees tacked on, um, which I think is reasonable. I mean, yes, you might not be able to pay right now, and you won't get evicted. Um, I understand that they're trying to prevent the spread of coronavirus because they're saying that, you know, if people are being evicted and they're homeless, it can generate, like, gatherings of mass people, and then that's bad for public health. So I get it, um, but I also like to see that the landlords are not getting screwed here. 
Yeah, I mean, so uh, you bring up a good point about the homeless problem. I mean, there's a homeless encampment on the parkway right now in Philadelphia. Like, people, like, no one is talking about this, and that's a big... Now, those people weren't evictions. They were just homeless, and they moved yeah. there when the when that happened. Uh, and, you know, I mean, NAR came out and kind of blasted this because they, they feel like there wasn't enough money set aside for funding for renters or property owners. This is no different than, like, the mortgage forbearance because you signed a contract. You don't know if the owner's paying a mortgage or not, and that really shouldn't be their problem. They have a contract for someone to rent their property and use it. So I agree there's got to be some sort of payback here. Right. Um, I know as a landlord, I mean, look, this is, this is something that's come up, right? And anyone that's had an issue with this, we've worked with them. We figured out a, a plan to do that, and and that to me is is the way a good landlord should do it. Mm-hmm. We also know there's a lot of scumbag landlords out there. There's a term slumlord, slumlord. for a reason, right? Yeah. So I get where the administration's coming from. I think it makes sense. There's I would penalties like penalties that that are hit yeah, on landlords I, here. I mean, and then th- that's I mean that's that's the issue. So I think as long as the, I mean. You know, they still have to carry the property. So not a lot, not every landlord is, like, in a position where they can carry a vacant property forever. I right. mean, that's not a lot of people. So that's the challenge here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's going to delay it's gonna delay evictions. It's not going to prevent it, which I think is really important. Um, and I, I think they're looking for more, like, stimulus about, like, another relief bill to come in. So this is a start. But this has been – Pennsylvania's been like this the whole time anyway. So this is just – I like that there's nationwide guidelines because mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of confusion comes from in the pandemic. One state can do this. One state can do that. I mean, we've been through this here just from talking to other colleagues of ours that are in other states. And even if you're, like, trying to travel somewhere, like, that's, like, a whole issue right now. Mm -hmm. Even if you're going to be safe or do whatever else. So I like national guidelines, and that's probably the the biggest win I see from this story because there has to be some sort of oversight. Because we live right at the – like, we're right at the border of of many states. We're close to Maryland, Delaware, and Virginia – not Virginia, um, uh, New New Jersey. Jersey. West Virginia is on the other side. Uh, That – like, you have to have some sort of guidance because you can't have all these different laws when you're, like, 15, 20 minutes away from some states. yeah. Even though I go to Erie, which is, like, six hours from here, and be able to do the same thing, you Mm -hmm. know, that's going to be different. So I I like the federal guidelines here. Yeah, the penalties are are pretty harsh. They're saying criminal penalties for landlords who violate the order include a fine of, it goes $100,000, $250,000, $500,000. It's pretty serious. Well, it's the only way you're going to get them to abide by it, because yeah. otherwise they're throwing people out. Like, the penalty's got to be harsh. And, and, you know, I just hope that they don't get, I mean, when you evict someone, it's never good anyway, because sometimes you don't see the money and it's like a problem. Like, evictions never go like you think. So yeah. I like the national guidance. You know, I, I think there, there needs to be, I mean, a lot of people are calling for some additional stimulus. I don't, I don't think it's a perfect way to start this it's a start i i it, it to start is right and that's where you know we got to kind of just like anything else like there needs to be just some sort of like this is how things are going to happen if this then that given all these job losses and everything else going on for sure so a little bit pandemic related a little oh. <laughs> it's okay welcome to 2020 all right I have a one quote. star out of five i have a quote this is from let me pull it up here joseph McClendon III, he was uh, just one of the speakers on the first day of the Tom Ferry Summit, and his speech was moving, and it was really funny, and I got a lot out of it. Um, but What's the background on this guy? I mean, like, because I don't think a lot of people know who he is. So I missed the beginning of the speech, but I think he's like a, I think he right now he coaches like A-list celebrities and works with them. Yeah, I think he's like a neuroscientist as well. He's so. a performance specialist, okay. Or neuropsychologist. Right. Ch- fact check me on that one. I'm looking it up Either right way, now. Super smart guy. 
Tony Robbins. Uh, he works with Tony Robbins. Um, personal change. Yes, yeah, so he's, he's a coach. I mean, that, that's really what it is. Yeah. I, I like it, though. I mean, if Tony Robbins is working with him, I'm in. Okay, I've so heard enough. He says, and he talked about this during the summit, he said, a great deal of change can happen very quickly with just a little bit of knowledge and some si- simple shifts in our behavior. So I, I loved it. I, this quote is great. So good job on the quote just because I like it. I mean, it, it, it's it, when you get to a point in your life where you're like trying to get some sort of different result or, or change something, it's like it's not anything crazy. You know, small hinges swing tiny do- or swing large doors, right? So it's like, like you have to be able to like do those small things, like just like getting up early. That can change a lot of things for you. Yeah, it's not really that big of a change. Um, you know, working out every day, reading for a half hour a day about something that's you're going to get value of. You start doing that every day. I don't think it's that big. I mean, people read, work out, and get up early all the time. Like yeah. you heard this before, so I, I totally agree with that. Because I mean, those small those small behavioral changes can make a big difference in, yeah. in, in your life for sure. During the summit, he goes, um, "Who agrees? Like knowledge is power." And everybody, some people like raise their hand. They're like, "Yeah," and they were like, "He was like, you know, knowledge is power." But then he said, "Act." all the power is in the activity that comes from it. And that's what I, I really got out of it, that you can have all this knowledge and know how to do something or you know what you should do or you can have the intention to do something, but nothing will change until you do the activity. Well, I've heard like I've, I've heard quotes like that too, like ideas are crap, implementation is yeah. the game. I mean, you can, you can have the best ideas out of anybody. If you don't do anything about it, you know, the most successful people aren't the smartest people. They're not the most clever people. They're usually the ones that work hard and then take the knowledge and apply it. Like, I don't need to come up with my own ideas. I'm just going to yeah. watch what someone else is doing mm-hmm. and then copy it because mm-hmm. I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. Right. I, I never want to be that person. I always want to be maybe, like, at the bottom and learn from it and then grow. And so yeah. I, I, I love what he's saying. I'm going to have to watch his keynote. It's so good. He was really speaking to me, and I was like, you're right. Like, put my money where my mouth is. I can say all this stuff. I can know all this stuff, but you actually have to – get into action and do it so it's a good one you should watch it i like him a lot and follow him on social tom ferry bringing the heat this year at the summit uh all virtual if you haven't checked it out i'll give a little plug here i i think it's been one of the better content driven summits yeah. that we've seen in a while um and i've been all been they all been great but i mean gary v speaking today i'm so excited um so uh, we'll, we'll be checking that out as well apparently he called me fat earlier which was awesome a couple Ooh. years ago so that was that was good so Who tom, said that? tom oh. i got like five text messages about it so Not anymore all right, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for watching.